Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We are back on the death lineup. This all of a sudden turned into an action-packed edition. There's I have so many notes for this show. I don't know what happened in these last couple of days, but uh, Brian is here, and we're going to talk Warriors. We're going to talk All Stars. We're going to talk the uh, article on on Bob Myers. Is Bob Myers going to be a Warrior uh, in in the next uh, season? So let's get going. What was your overall take? From last night's win at home against Memphis, come from behind victory against those Memphis Grizzlies. I think I was more um, almost like satisfied and confident with the loss we had against the Celtics than the win we just had against the Grizzlies. I thought that was like the ugliest game I've ever seen in my life from like this Warriors team. Didn't, didn't it seem just like the intensity of that game was just dialed up a little bit higher than... Than normal. I think the same thing with the Celtics game, but when when those games get dialed up like that, any sort of small error just gets magnified. Bigger. Well, it wasn't just a small error. Didn't they break the record for turnovers and a half? They, but if you look at the overall numbers, the Grizzlies were only one turnover behind them. They yeah. it was like twenty. They were forcing turnovers, but I mean, yeah. one of my main things is like you know, like that first road trip where we lose to Detroit, where we lose to Orlando, where we lose to Charlotte. Like all those like teams were like, that's not gonna like, like yeah, they're losing to these bad teams, but it's 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 not gonna be a reflection of our season. This is just like a speed bump, right? And yeah. then it ends up just keeps on happening, keeps on happening. The issues that I first saw in those games were like so apparent in this game. You'd think they'd get over like it's a Warriors team that's heavily passing. Like the offense style is heavily passing a lot movement, read and react stuff. So like, yeah, turnovers are going to be high. I kind of understand the turnovers part, but the fouling part is still there where the team has a tremendous amount of free throws and you have a ton of turnovers. Like that's, that was just been the recipe for uh, disaster, honestly. And okay. But you know, the, the one team that doesn't truly matter against because they can't hit their free throws. Is the are they just Grizzlies. are they actually a bad free throw shooting team? Like is that a, is that a thing with I them? Th- I thought Fitz said thirtieth in the league. Or something. Oh, did you not watch the ESPN broadcast? No, yeah, Hulu just records what it records, and I'm stuck oh. with with the, what they record because I didn't get to start watching until eight thirty. So the game started at like seven ten, seven fifteen. I popped in at eight thirty, and I figured that by the time. I got caught up to live. The game would already already be over. But by the time I got caught up to live, there's like five minutes left. Like that was a long game because of all those fouls. Yeah, it was boring. It was like actually like I feel like that's where my homer comes in. I'm like, how is Steph Curry not the most watched and most exciting player every single game he plays? And then like you really step back and look how boring that game was up until like the third and fourth quarter. That so, was a bad game. You made a point about some of these issues that we thought they would have cleaned up already by now. But how much of that has to do with, A, all of the injuries that they've had to deal with, especially to their young players, and then, B, uh, the rotation uh, solution that Kerr has had had to come to, which is we can't even play a big. Like, there's no bigs that are playable in, in our lineup. So thus we just have to go small. And so when he does that, that just changes the rotation again. 
and because I, I watched that lineup last night, that the 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 five that closed that game, uh, when's the how, how many minutes has that lineup played with each other? No, yeah, Clay as the as the four, Draymond as the five, Divincenzo, Poole, and Curry. Like I, I I can't imagine that that lineup's played more than you know twenty minutes all season long. So it's just like Steve's just trying to find stuff, and in that is just a lack of uh, repetitions with those lineups. So I wonder how much of that is, is just, you know, they cannot get a consistent rotation going. That's a fair point. That is a fair point. Um, You know, Wiggins, the one guy who should be able to rely on to play like almost all 82, just like Looney is having like the worst health related season of his entire, his entire career. Like that guy doesn't really miss games and he's just missing games like a like a like a Steph like needing to load manage but that's not the case he's just getting like illnesses um but you know that's a good point with the rotation stuff it's because I think I was telling my friends I was like I don't think I've ever seen Anthony Lamb Kevon Looney and Jim Michael Green on the court at the same time and they're playing like a it's like a set rotation for them to come <laughs> in and be there for like <laughs> two two uh just like it was I, yeah you're right this rotation stuff i don't i i kind of give them the pass there but i feel like i feel like an issue could be like it's something we've heard in the past with steve's willingness to play the young guys mm-hmm. and i almost feel like what they're discovering in kaminga could have isn't like something that him sitting on the bench and like continuing to absorb information and you know, watch the vets. I don't think it was achieved by that. Okay, I think but how, you know, you know, like it could have happened earlier had they. But you know, Steve, and his reluctance to play these young guys. How much of that was, bro? You need to practice better if you want to play in this game. Because that's kind of what Andre was telling us last year, right? Was that. Kaminga was a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a young guy, maybe not practicing the best at all times. And, you know, you make that jump to the sophomore year and you expect the maturity level to go up because his athleticism is growing. Like this dude is doing dunks on in people's faces that we didn't see last year even. So that is there. His game looks to be improving. His defense, he looks so much more confident guarding people. He's so long and he's able to move his feet. But how much of that was, you know, you need you need to be a professional. You need to practice better. You need to uh, be a little bit more serious about your craft. You're a young man, but you have the potential to be great. How much of it was that? No, that's a good point, too. But then I direct you to why Moses Moody is on the bench. You can imagine that he's probably an insane practice guy. Like, not I only he's like a great practice guy, not only in the bench, in the G League, all the way to the G League to get him some reps because he can't even get into it. You know, the thing about Moody, though, I think I think you're probably right about his maturity level and like his ability to understand the the profession because we heard him on Andre's podcast and he was very impressive. Sounds like a, like a 27 year old. Yeah. He's, he's a mature for his age for sure. But, um, and you watch him on the bench and he could be pouting, right? He could be like, no, but he's up there celebrating with guys and he's, you know, he's maybe the first one up when somebody does something great to, to cheer the team on. So I really respect that about him because it's gotta be tough. Like you said, for it to not be working for him, whatever it is. You know what? Ultimately what I think it is for him is the Warriors need athleticism on the court. And if you don't have the athleticism, you need to do one thing well in order to exist. And this is sort of the Anthony Lamb thing because I watched Anthony Lamb last night. He played 20 minutes and I was like, I don't remember him doing one particular thing. And then you look at the box score and he did get, he got five rebounds. So that's the one particular thing that he did well. And he was also like one of the higher pluses on their team. And I was like, how does this even happen? This is where plus minus becomes uh, not the greatest stat, even though we love it. It's a fun stat. But yeah, that I think that's what Moody is like. Can you do one thing? Okay, Moody, you come in. If you don't hit those first two threes, oh, we kind of have to take you out because you're not going to break anybody off the dribble. Uh, he did get a couple of putback dunks that were impressive. So you know he's crashing the boards. But yeah, it's just like, what what's the one thing you can do to help and unfortunately, it doesn't look like Steve trusts for for that stuff to happen. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. I just 
I, it's just the, the leash he has on the young guys. Um, it's been a thing and I don't necessarily blame him for it. Like in years past, it's been a thing. And I understand why you have some of the greatest players, the greatest players in franchise history on your team. You know, you expect greatness, yeah. but again, I just don't think this Kaminga thing is because he sat on the bench and, you know, wanted to be get in so bad. So he was, you know, trying or staying after late after everyone left the practice gym and putting in extra reps. I think he's just had it and he just needed playing time. I I was, I was saying it early, you know, I was saying it early, the things that I thought he could do on this podcast with the defense and with the high energy guy, like I was on it early. And I think that it could have been there then, you know, and I'm not necessarily saying like, look at me, listen to me. I'm just saying that like, I, I just don't agree that uh, I don't think that this was Jonathan sitting on the bench is what made him be able to contribute this much. I just think it's now they're playing him at the right spots. Yeah. Coaching is so interesting. And, you know, I only understand it from a level of coaching children or, you know, teenagers uh, that that's really where, where I did a lot of my coaching. And, you know, you kind of have to coach every kid different is my experience. Like, you know, somebody like you, who's going to listen and who's going to uh, want to do what the coach says you coach that kid maybe a little bit harder because you know that, and then you know you're gonna you have to get more out of them versus a kid who maybe you can't coach that hard because they're a little bit more sensitive or they don't uh, they don't play as hard when when you're as hard on them. So there's a psychological piece to this, and you kind of wonder about about Kaminga being so young. You know how how was Steve coaching him in practice? How were his coaches, his positional coaches, coaching him in practice? You know, when you come in as a rookie and the first thing you do is you participate on a team that wins the championship, it's almost like it can only go down from here, right? And who knows what his offseason was like. It was nothing that he's ever had to deal with before. He'd only he'd never been a professional basketball player before that. So, you know, I, I would love to see, and, and this is where I'm sad that uh, Ethan uh, Strauss is not on the Warriors beat anymore because I would if anybody's going to write that book about, you know, the 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 last few seasons of this Warriors dynasty, I, f- I feel like it, it could have been Ethan. I don't know. Maybe maybe it'd be Marcus or maybe Slater will, will actually write a book or something. But like there's there's something in these last few years with Kerr and the vets and, you know, bringing in the, this young crop of, of players who are obviously uber talented but maybe don't even fit very well and we'll get to the Wiseman thing in a second but let's talk about a couple more things about this game now uh the Warriors are down they're down uh big in in the fourth and so Steve opts for the uber small lineup that I mentioned with with DiVincenzo and Clay at the four and they come all the way back Clay hits a three to take the lead uh, Steph gets kicked out of the game for throwing his mouthpiece. And we and I think we all knew that he was upset because the Warriors uh, got an offensive rebound. And instead of pulling the ball back out and resetting for an opportunity, <laughs> Jordan Poole took a 30-footer and he missed it. And I audibly got... Like, when I'm watching these games, I don't necessarily cheer or boo. I'm just kind of looking for things and I'm trying to make sure that I understand them and I remember them. I audibly gasped when he's I think it was like oh, no and then yeah, that, yeah, like that I literally and I and I'm so quiet when I'm watching these games so that affected me but the game is tied they come back uh with two seconds left clay misses a, a two that I thought was actually going in and I was actually bummed that he shot it so early but then yeah. they missed it ball goes out of bounds they have two seconds left Draymond calls for a play in which the players are in the key and they sort of circle. I was watched. I think it was Anthony Lamb who was in on that last play. And I watched him and Clay and I thought, I don't think these guys know what the play is. <laughs> like they were like a little confused. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden Jordan cuts back door to the hoop. Uh, I think Zaire Williams was on him. He did not have a good game. I think the the Grizzlies fans who are a little bit uh, out of control were, were pretty mean to him last night. I saw some tweets. And Jordan gets the layup, second left. They close out the game, and they win. So 
I know you weren't happy with the performance. You didn't think that that game was a real good exhibit to, of great NBA basketball. But there is something in their ability for Steve to outcoach Taylor Jenkins at the end there. Um, Triple J gets kicked out of the or gets uh, disqualified for for the sixth foul, which was not a great foul. That's not the foul you want to see on the sixth foul. Draymond's like goading him into stuff, and then he's laughing. And, you know, it was just another thing where it's like, okay, Kerr can still do this when he needs to. He can dial it up to, you know, force these comebacks. But my question is, why can't he do it on the other side? That's what I was about to say. When like they have the a Warriors... big lead and he can't coach them to victory with the right substitutions or whatever. Maybe that's more on the players than it is on him or whatever. But I just see those moments where he, you know, he makes the right decision and and it works. And then on the other end, like he doesn't make any decision. <laughs> it doesn't work. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the difference is in coaching a game where you're losing like that and coaching a game where you're winning. Maybe someone has to ask him that question. Yeah, I don't think anyone's questioning the Warriors ability to come back in a game. It's more questioning the ability to close a game. And I think the most ironic thing is, is when they have the lead and they can't hold it, like that's the vets. <laughs> it's not really the rookies who are blowing or not the rookies, but the younger guys who are, you know, putting every single trade rumor that are blowing this lead. It's the it's it's Steph and Clay and Draymond, which I think is ironic and Jordan. But are, but are they tired? Is that the reason? Steph hasn't felt um what was it? I think it was did he did he have a good game in Chicago? Like he had a bad game in Phoenix. That was the first game back. Oh, he had. Did he have a good game in San Antonio? I think he's only had like I feel like a couple. Oh no, he did have a good game in Phoenix because he closed it out well. He was passive in the beginning and then he closed it out well. I'm basically I'm basically just saying like since he's come back from injury, it hasn't been pre-injury Steph. Yeah, you know, like the dominance. But um, I don't know. We need a Steph game. There's been a few, right? But yeah, yeah, we do. We do need a Steph game. I, I, I'm with you on that. Um. So they, they're able to close it out. They're able to get the win. Uh, and, and ultimately, to me, the reason why the Grizzlies lost is because is they just can't make free throws. And, and whether or not that's the exact reason, uh, I feel like they did not take advantage of the Warriors turning the ball over. They did not take advantage of, of all the fouls. Uh, I wanted to share the, uh, the box score here for the people watching on video um, so that we can, we can check out some of the some of the statistics here um where is my warriors box score there we go so the warriors uh clay ends up nine of 23 it felt every bit of nine of 23 by the way uh he, he was throwing them up there but five of ten from three that that's really good Steph four of eight from three uh jordan's still struggling a little bit but you know, the guy who I'm so comfortable when he shoots it these days is Dante DiVincenzo. When he pulls from three, I'm just like, shoot it. I, I, I can't wait to see it go in. Like, that's what that's how I feel yeah. when, when he does. Uh, and so he's been he's been great. One thing with Dante, though, is I feel like although I'm confident with him shooting a three pointer, I think I'm the least confident in him when he's taking the ball in a fast break situation. Like how many times did he just kind of like not find anything, jump in the air and have to like pass it back? I think he yeah. did that at least twice last night. He's doing too much. Not so, really a great fast break player. So the other thing is uh, to the, did I get, I may have gotten the, um, the Grizzlies turnover number mixed up with their personal foul number, because now that I'm looking at this differently, it looks like they only had 13 turnovers led by Ja with five and uh, Desmond Bain had three. So they had 26 fouls, not 26 turnovers. And on the other end, the Warriors had 21 turnovers and 27 fouls. So I screwed up the, these numbers because these uh, these columns aren't necessarily lined up uh, exact to, to what to what my eyes can see. So, you know, the the Warriors did foul slightly more than the Grizz. So it wasn't even that big of a difference. But when it when you go to the uh the, free throws. The, yeah, the free throws, the Warriors were 22 of 28, so almost 80%. And the Grizzlies oh my God. were 26 of 37, so 70%. So that I mean, you know, they if, if Ja hits a few more free throws, he's seven for twelve, you know, they probably do win that game. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's so weird because it just feels like 
like you tell me some of those turnovers, like you tell me how many turnovers the Warriors had and you tell me how many free throws the other team took. Like, I feel like 29 out of 30 teams win that game. Yeah. I just, I don't get it. Like Boston and, and Memphis are just butt cheeking against the Warriors this year. And they're the two best teams in the league. Yeah, it, it is. It is really interesting to wonder why. Like, it, and, and so do you think that it has something to do with just the Warriors innate ability to get up for these teams? Whereas we see that they can't get up for a Detroit or a Chicago um, but against Memphis and, and Boston, like it seems like those guys clearly want these games. Yeah, yeah I know that's the com- I hate using that because it just feels like a stupid excuse. Like, yeah, we suck because Draymond doesn't want to play harder against Washington. Like that just that feels like a bad just like perspective to have to explain why this team is not that great. But there is some truth to it. Um, but I mean, yeah, how do you how do you fix that? All right, we're, I'm I'm gonna we'll go deeper into sort of the philosophy of of that here in a second. Uh, before we move on to the next thing, which is I just want to update uh, the folks on the All Star starters because I know you had you and you and your podcast, uh, the Bam. You guys had some thoughts on All Star teams and such, so we'll we'll do that in a second. But I just wanted to make sure people know if you are watching us on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. We are closing in on a hundred YouTube subscribers on this channel, which the channel is fairly new, but man, moving a new channel with subscribers is tough business, but uh, we get, we get good views on our clips. It's just the subscriber numbers are, are still a little bit lower than I'd like to see them. Also, uh, Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, BSPN is the name of our network subscribe you get this show you get thompson to clark with myself and and brad evans which is really what kicked off this network uh us doing the podcast uh, during the uh, pandemic the beginning of the pandemic and then we also have uh we want winners where rod and i will be back sunday night actually early evening because niners play at 12 i believe uh we'll be back uh for niners and the eagles and we'll have our post show uh, Rod and I are doing pretty good. It's the first season doing doing the show, and the Niners are in the NFC Championship back to back seasons here. Uh, we'll see if they have what it takes to get over the Eagles. But yeah, we'll be back on uh, on Sunday, uh, late afternoon, early evening. So look for that. And uh, and then yeah, you know, Brian and I are going to be here. Uh, we're um, we're a little bit over the halfway mark. So this is our first full season covering the Warriors weekly. We started last year during the beginning of the playoffs, brought them all the luck that they needed to win that title by doing this podcast. So we, we, we should get some love for that. Okay, now let's talk about this all-star stuff. Um, the votes, uh, I guess it's a, it's the votes and then it's writers and then there's a... It's, I, I know the percentage breakdown. Okay, it's go ahead. 50, 50% fan vote, 25% players, 25% media. 50% fan. Okay, okay, so... 50% fan vote is how is, is that got to be how Zion makes the starting lineup here? Uh, maybe mm, I, th- there's the breakdowns out there somewhere. I should probably, you know, I'm gonna try to find it. Yeah, but you, you yeah, probably, probably. So I mean, who else? Who else are you giving it to? Sabonis. That's, that was. Yeah, that's the only other one. That's what I'm thinking. OK, let's start in the east. Uh, in the east, we have Giannis, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, and the argument the entire time here was that there were four people for three spots. So the person who does not get it is Joel Embiid. Who would you have picked for your three starters in the East? Did they get it right? Did they screw Embiid? And then if it is Embiid, who do you sit? I was uh, like, I feel like all philosophies like contradict each other. I value like games played because I feel like the all-star game has gotten gone a lot to people who are just like respected and like consistent all-stars like a Chris Paul or like a Paul George Kawhi, you know, who guys who I don't think will make it this year, but usually end up just making it based on their like rapport and who they are. So I like to value games played because I feel like if I just value that right away, then all three of those guys are gone. Um, and Jason Tatum probably has like the most games played out of all those front court Eastern conference guys. But I mm-hmm. still feel like the other three are having better seasons are just like, I, 
it's hard because without without Jason Tatum, like the Celtics are, you know, maybe are the eighth seed, maybe are the seventh seed or the sixth seed, but they're not the first seed. But at the same time, like I feel like what Kevin Durant has done for this Brooklyn Nets team that seemed like it was going to spiral out of control within the first week of the season after the whole Kyrie Irving stuff. Um, how good and Embi- I think Embiid's the scoring champ right now, the scoring mm-hmm. title. Him and Luca maybe tied, and then just Giannis being, you know, the captain, so he wasn't going to get booted off anyway. But you know, him just being the most dominant player in the past like four or five years. Uh, I, I would have just sat Tatum for like one or two more years until those guys like start declining a little bit. Then Tatum would become the consistent guy in that Eastern Conference front court. But that one's impossible. Like those four players are all four top seven players in this league. Mm-hmm. And I wish one of them was in the West because it would have just made it so easy just to boot off Zion from the list. <laughs> I, I, th- I pick, I pick uh, uh, this is in jest, by the way, because I'm a giant Kevin Durant fan. I put Embiid in for Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant thought that his crotch chop was uh, was a trash celebration, and then Joel Embiid just then retweeted it with a video of him and Degeneration X together doing crotch chops. So take that, Kevin Durant. <laughs> well, I think the joke was: Have you ever seen the Key and Peel? You probably haven't, but there was like this this bit they ran where it was like a guy celebrating in the end zone for a touchdown and you do the two pumps, but once you do the third pump, it's the flag. Oh. And so I think Katie was joking that Embiid <laughs> did the third pump. Oh, there we go. But that, that's actually a good joke then. I, I have not seen that. Even it's though, a good one. Even though the twins do watch a lot of Key and Peel at night, I should probably <laughs> pop in and, and check it out. Okay, so what do you think about uh, Kyrie Irving taking a spot from somebody like Tyrese Halliburton. Ty- Kyrie's was, obviously yeah. so much more popular, so you have to take that into account. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was going Halliburton or Jalen Brown above Kyrie. I told Alex, who's our big Nets fan, that Kyrie needed to have like these, uh, like great games while KD was gone for me to feel like, you know, I could not like have a vote, but justify him being in this starters. And I feel like, you know, a couple bad games, a couple good games, I wouldn't have done it. Um, but yeah, like you said, fan vote, and then. You know, after listening to Ethan Strauss a lot, it's pretty clear how the players view Kyrie, which yep. I bet he was number one in player vote too. Yeah. So yep. they love him. They they, they love, love his style of basketball. They love his confidence. They love his ability to to be outspoken. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm sure some pulled away with with how over the top he he was earlier this year, but uh, you know, he, he's he's a human. He can make mistakes, and if he learns from that mistake and he pulls back, all, all the better. Uh, okay, so going into into the West here, uh, I, I was wondering, you, you know, you made that comment about games played. There is an argument. I don't know if it's a strong argument about SGA over Steph. I saw that on a couple of writer ballots. SGA uh, is outscoring Steph this year, and he uh, he has 11 more played games than Steph. So uh, were, were, were you still Steph? Um, see, this is where just philosophies contradict each other. Cause yeah, I'm a games played guy, but at the same time, like, can you sit Steph for like, he's probably, Steph's probably played the same amount of games around, like maybe close to the Embiid level. And I feel like he's just been like so dominant and like, but then you, then you start weighing the idea that like when Steph missed, they still went 500. I don't know. It's difficult. I'm a homer. I'm going Steph. So. I mean, Steph's—it's better for the game that Steph is <laughs> more, starting yeah, more that ratings. game. Um, you know, he—he's—he's a—he's a, he's a MVP of the of, of the finals. I feel like you—you you just do you know automatic. It, it's just right automatic for Steph. He MVP of the finals. You're in. The one thing uh, I'm glad is is that the Lakers did not get two two All Stars in the starting. Davis, lineup. you thought Davis might get in. Like, I still think there's a chance Anthony Davis will be an All Star, and that just like bugs me because they have like one of the worst records in the Western Conference. And if you look at all the other other West teams, like who else is getting a second All Star? You're telling me that 12th seed in the West is getting two All Stars, while one through 11 isn't going to get a second All Star? That just it doesn't feel right. Anthony Davis this season games played, he is at 26, but and he uh, just came back. But I, he might have just got hurt again in his first game back. Yeah. Oh, again. Jeez, this poor dude. (laughs) My gosh. Um, So the the, the other one, I mean, you can't complain about LeBron. He's the most popular player in the league. He and Steph uh, are probably one, two still at this point. Um, And, you know, he's having a fantastic season for being 38 years old. Uh, It's uh, not affecting the the winning as much as, as it should. 
but he's still having a really, really good season. Obviously, Jokic, probably the front runner for the MVP as well. And the one that I think surprised a lot is Zion. Zion Williamson makes the uh, the starting team uh, over Sabonis, who has the Sacramento Kings in a pretty favorable position. Uh, Zion is also playing, played. Zion's also playing on a great team, though. At the same time, right? Zion's Pelicans are are doing really well. Uh, but yeah, how do you how do you figure that one? Yeah, um, we did our podcast, and I thought it would be Zion instead of AD. But if I had my choice, I was going Lowry Marketing, and I'm kind of I, I feel stupid for forgetting Sabonis. So yeah, if I had a chance to redo that, it'd be Sabonis. He ticks all my um, my philosophies for what I think makes you deserve an All Star. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. your rapport; it's your individual or not individual, but treating this season as if it was the only season to ever play this game. You know. To, to to be in the NBA to account for anything in the NBA, so just treating each season individually and uniquely, then I would have had Sabonis because the, and, that Western Conference spot, just like last year with Wiggins, that third spot is just like who the hell is going to get it with Kawhi missing so much time, with PG missing so much time. Those are the two that usually are the ones that have that next spot. And so on, on a open. on a numbers perspective, I think Zion is outscoring Sabonis by about eight points a game. Uh, Sabonis is pulling like 12 and a half rebounds and he's played like 16 more games and he's playing. That's the, it's too. the games played thing. It's the 16 more yeah. games played thing where I don't know. I don't know if Zion's going to be back before all-star game. So he's just going to sit at 25 games played. Hey, uh, another little side tangent, very small. Like when's the last time there's been as good of a one, two in a draft as Zion and jaw. Well, we'll see. Zion's I, I, second all-star appearance. Jaw's second all-star appearance. Like, yeah, just like, I mean, I think I think you're right, with the one exception, which is can is Zion going to finish the season? I think that is to be, if he does and he plays real minutes in the playoffs, then you're 100 percent right. It's a great one too in the draft. And the one's one super chubby, one super skinny. (laughs) (laughs) Zion looking a little svelte. (laughs) Didn't he get a chubby injury? Is that what it was? Is that what it was? I don't know. Hammy. (laughs) Uh, All right. So let's get back to the Warriors here. Um, we talked about the the how how small they went in, in the end of that last game, and it very much seems, uh, according to Steve Kerr, what he said to the press yesterday, which is Draymond is their center, Kavon Looney is their backup center, Jamichael Green is their third center, which leaves James Wiseman as their fourth center meaning he's not going to play in this current iteration. Now, people can get injured, anything can happen, and, and then you slide him in. But I don't know. I don't, how many? How much minutes is this guy going to see? I'm, I feel like they'll try him. Like, if Jermichael Green puts up another stinker like yesterday, then it might be sooner than we think. It puts up another... Uh, never mind. I'm not going to say it, but... Okay, is there there's... anybody who... Misses dunks off of the back of the rim more than Jamichael Green. Uh yes, but not that wide open. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like, like I feel like it's because he brings it all the way back, uh-huh. and by the time he comes over, like just how about just grab it and just dunk it? Like we don't yeah, have no, to pull it all the way back. Flashy just stuff. Put it in. Just Please, put it we in. just need two points. Get those buckets. <laughs> Get those buckets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm a little worried about Wiseman here because you're at the point in the season where. Uh, you know, the Warriors are still playing 500 ball. They need to get on a little bit of a run. They need to, you know, be around five or six or seven games over 500 for them to to move up and, and not get stuck in this play-in game. And I don't know if Kerr trusts it enough. The, the only way we may see Wiseman play is on these back-to-backs where he starts arresting guys well don't uh, you think they maybe would have sent him down with moody with rollins and pbj if they didn't think like you know they're keeping him up there for for something right for michael i kind of wonder if it's to make sure that he's not down on himself you know mm, i kind of wonder about that <laughs> gotta worry about his feelings well i mean but he's still so he's a young dude he's you know that 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 is something that you know we we can I, I think us normal uh, normal folks who don't make so much money, it's hard for us to empathize with someone like 
Wiseman, who is lauded as this can't-miss NBA future superstar, and for him to have to deal with what he's dealt with, there is an aspect of where I'm a little bit worried about his mental capacity to... Because to, who, who writes the book on how to deal with not being the superstar that you were groomed to be, you know, he see, like you just mentioned, Ja and, and Zion, you know, they're the draft right in front of him, right? Were they the, the draft right before him? The draft right before him, and J- you watch Ja last night, and you're like, okay, Ja's one of the 10 best players in the league. Like, who do you want to have the ball in your hands when you need to? Like, Ja's one of the guys. And you look at Wiseman, and he hasn't even had nearly the opportunity or the successes even the small successes. So I'm a, I am a little bit worried about that just from a mental uh, capacity because, you know, he was, he was so highly lauded as, as the next guy and, and he just has not been able to do that. So hope, I would, I agree with you, but at the same time, if that was the case, then I send him down to the G league and don't say he's the fourth center. Like Kerr said it. Kerr yeah, said, I don't right. know if we're going to be able to play him. I would have just you're sent right. him down. Maybe that was tough love. Who knows? Maybe, I, I, that's maybe why I just think there. that there's a chance that, like, hey, Jermichael Green misses a couple more dunks, and maybe they just try something in the second half of the Toronto game. Yes, yes. That's that, what I'm that hoping is, for. That is that is a good option. Um, so as we mentioned, Moody is uh, going to get some reps in the G League. Um what do you think about the small ball approach? Because it was uh, last week where they decided that it was going to be Jordan and Steph in the backcourt, Clay in the front court, and Wiggs and, and Draymond. And that was how they were going to start games. It felt like we're going to sacrifice a little bit of defense because we're getting to these slow starts and we can't get into these slow starts. And some of that, it's got to be Steph, right? Like this dude does not shoot the ball or handle the ball for the early part of the game. It's almost like he wants everyone to get their touches so that they get comfortable and they don't get cold. But he sacrifices him, and then we're you know we're we're midway through the first quarter, and this dude has zero shots. Like I don't know if it could be like that. I understand, but I think. If Steph starts out a little bit hotter, maybe you're not worried about changing the offensive lineup so much to get that fast start. Yeah, no. Um, like, I, I like the, like, what was, like, the, there was, like, a stat on, like, the combined minutes played of the fast five and, like, the playoffs. And we've already, like, they didn't play that much together in the playoffs or something like that. And, and now we're already, like, way past that mark. Um, I feel like Draymond has played a lot of center, like way more center than he's ever played in his career. Yeah. And that's why I've, I think I said early, like I didn't want that to be the case because you know, the back stuff starts to, I, I'm, starts I'm, to I'm very much worried about him wearing down. He doesn't seem worried about it though. He's like, Hey, I get paid to do this, man. So, yeah, you know, I guess he, he feels okay. And, and I'm happy for that, but I just worry about him getting worn down. Those are some big dudes. He's got a guard. Yeah. Yeah. He's been great. Um, but it feels like that fast five stuff only works, not only works, but it was used in the playoffs to like get a spark or something. It wasn't used to like, like the death lineup was like this podcast and like the death lineup was used. I feel like to in the, in the same way it's the fast five is being used right now to like start the final game, the finals game and set a tone. But I, I don't think this lineup's that it's weird describing this. Well, the original death lineup, if you remember, was pulling Andrew Bogut off the court to start the game and going Steph, Clay, Draymond, Andre, HB. and Harry B. That was the original yeah. death lineup. And it was it was because they weren't getting out on great starts in these finals games. And LeBron was able to just slow the game down and walk it up and make it about, you know, very, very long possessions. And so they're like, nope, we're gonna get out, we're gonna run. We're going to force them to change to us. And I think that's what the, that's what Kerr is doing is like, okay, we are going to force these teams to adjust to us. And this is how we're going to play and let them sort of figure it out, which could, you know, could be something. And, you know, I, I feel like uh, Taylor Jenkins last night didn't really do anything. He wanted to keep his guys the way that he wanted. So that is one way to coach that. Uh, another way would be to, yeah, we're, we're going to go small too, because we don't want, to get run out, you know, run off the floor. But the one thing about 
that Grizzlies team is they got a lot of longer guys who can actually keep up. So yeah. Um, but then then Triple J with the fouls. And so that that was like point Steve Kerr. And so I do wonder, you know, the I'm sure these coaches, they look at it. Warriors go to Memphis two times in March. And I assume Memphis is gonna probably beat the we played the Grizzlies one. four times this year. Yeah, because they're in the same they're in the same uh conference. Yeah, I thought you said conference guys were three times divisions was four, and then other conference was two in terms um, of games. I, I think I think it's uneven. In, oh, it's in, uneven. In, in that, that would make yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like uh, it's Kerr getting teams to adjust to him, and then when they adjust to him, then he adjusts again. So I, I like the the chess matches. Uh, I worry. I do worry about you know Clay having to go bang up against uh, you know big guys, and he's got the Achilles and and the ACL. You know, only one year removed from from coming back. So there's worries on that end. But you know, I, I'm sure to Kerr, he's like, hey. You know, you guys want this. Like, this is what it's going to take with the current roster that we have. Uh, so it, it is it is fascinating, though, the chess match. It's like, I, you know, football is the big chess match sport, right? Like, oh, you know, this is like this is the, the battle of attrition and it's about war. And this is how you strategically place your men. Like, that's football. And baseball is, uh, you know, a thinking man sport is what they used to say. But, you know, five on five, there's there's chess matchups in basketball. A lot of times it is the best players just win, but you know, in some cases these lineups do, do make a difference. So I'm interested to see how long he sticks with this. Like, like we said, you know, the Warriors have been dinged up, you know, pretty much with every, every player uh, this year. The one caveat here is if we could just get Andre healthy on his last podcast, he said that this wasn't going to be a long one that he just, I'm, I'm assuming that he hurt himself dunking, um, but he said he wasn't going to be long yet. He's going to be out on Friday too. He's not going to be back by then. So maybe we'll hear another point forward note. Oh, guys, I, I didn't mean I was going to be back this week. I meant next week, but cause he, if he comes back, he's, he's going to play four, right? That like, that's going to be his role is to play that power forward position. Yeah. I, I less Anthony lamb sounds good to me. The thing is, is like, I don't even like totally hate him, but I just feel I don't like hate him either, but plays too much <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't want to blame a two-way guy for like technically doing a, outperforming other two ways and getting more playing time but i just wish we had someone else uh um if he yeah, played no. five if he played five minutes a half i think he'd be a fan favorite but because <laughs> he plays 10 minutes a half they're like get this guy off the court and if he didn't have any allegations as well well so who knows? yeah they, they haven't heard didn't haven't heard much about that stuff of late yeah um but oh, I, I did want to ask though i did want to put in uh, like the whole small ball thing, it felt, it feels like when there are, um, in this current, uh, next couple draft classes, even a couple draft classes before then you're starting to introduce these new bigs who can like keep up with the small ball lineups. And I wonder if that's going to be like the death of small balls, whatever the hell Orlando's building with Jonathan Isaac coming back, who could stay on the court, all these guys who could stay on the court. And I feel like JJ, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is kind of supposed to be that big who can like stay on the court and like bother the small ball unit. And then the curse is like, oh, well, I think they're going to have to be able to shoot. If you if you tell me that uh, centers are going to come into the league uh, able to not get blown off the court when there's unfavorable, unfavorable mismatches and they can actually shoot the three, then, yeah, th it, then it goes from small ball to everybody's six eight or everybody's six nine and then mm -hmm. you you run you know you run that way so i think that's what the raptors were trying to do and it's just like not working right now but <laughs> well yeah well, our, our uh bill simmons on bill simmons's podcast uh chris vernon said that uh koc mentioned a trade of van vliet to the lakers yeah i think koc also did i think og to the warriors no way well, I think he like it was like it's like Kaminga and Wiseman at, nah, at this point. Like, can you? Yeah, screw that. Yeah, I I, I think Kaminga's got to be off the table unless you get a top twenty guy on our favorable contract. And I don't think yeah, OG's a top twenty guy. Oh, she's not a top twenty guy. Yeah, you yeah you you theoretically you could do it for Siakam. It's not going to happen because there's crazy salaries you got to match. But yeah. 
Um, OG's probably on like the tier of whatever Mikael Bridges is yeah. in your mind. Yeah. Uh, God, Mikael Bridges would be great though. He would though. He would. <laughs> uh, so, so I wanted to get a little theoretical with you here. I was trying to think of, uh, I was watching this game last night and it was, it, the thing that was in my mind the entire time was they, it felt like they weren't even up for this Grizzlies game as much as I expected them to be. And, you know, turnovers and just kind of like not really focusing on certain things. And and again, this is a January basketball game. You know, Steph is hanging out uh, at Sundance, you know, because of the, his, his little documentary or his movie or whatever. So there's other stuff going on. The all-star break is coming up. So I'm sure the players looking forward to that. Um, and I just thought about purpose. Like what is the purpose for a team that the the best players on this team have won now four titles what what is the reason to want to continue to play what is the reason to want to be a champion again and i think like for the individuals for steph last year winning last year seemed to be very important to him let's get this championship without kd to show that you know, we can we can do this uh, if need be. Um, how, how do we uh, for Draymond? Same thing, right? You know, Draymond recruited KD, and now we you know we can prove that we can win with that. And for Clay, it was just coming back from those horrific injuries. And I think it it's like the Grizzlies are the perfect team to give the Warriors purpose because. They want it so badly. They so badly want to be the Warriors vocally. Uh, Clay has his issues with uh, Jaron Jackson. We uh, we know their issues with Dylan Brooks, and we saw it last night. Um, so, like in your mind, as as someone who watches these guys uh, every every game and has watched all these championships, like what do you think the purpose is to go through the this whole thing all over again, like? I just I'm just wondering if they can find that nugget of this is why we want to kick everyone's butt. And I imagine after winning the championship last year, it's probably hard to do. It's probably hard to figure out what that is. No, that's a good point. And yeah, you look at what happened last year and it's like, did Steph not check everything off the checkbook that he's wanted to do? Finals MVP, uh, finals, then the finals, two finals with KD, and now a finals without KD, the MVP, like he's he's done everything you need to do. And like, the, I can't think of like anything that would, you know, be specifically special for this title run if it were to happen other than one more ring than LeBron, uh, five championships. Cement, oh, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe what it is is like cement your, your, your dynasty in in the Bay, like, do the Niners still have one on them? The Niners have five Super Bowls. And was it all in, like, one run? It was uh, starting in 81, and then the last one was in 94. Okay, so, like, 13 years. So I, I mean, five from... from Giants are three and five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point you bring up, because... I don't know what's so spe- what what would be another what other check mark they want to kind of tick off there. It's it's why I hope that Memphis keeps talking because that is one thing that it seems gets those guys fired up is to stop Memphis from taking their spot from holding Memphis from being the team that that uh takes the Warriors out, right? And and now that's forgetting that you know Denver even exists or um, you know uh, who, who's in who's in third place right now, Kings the King you know the Kings you know yeah the Kings even exist. It's forgetting that those teams and it's really about Memphis. But I think on the other side as well, it's kind of still about Boston. It's about proving that you know coming back from the uh, the two one deficit uh, wasn't uh, you know wasn't this just this Steph magic trick and, and the, this team really is better than that Boston team. You know, the one team that they haven't faced who I think would give them a lot of trouble is Milwaukee. And so maybe it's 
Giannis is great, but collectively the three of us are better than the one of him. And, and you know, so, but I'm just thinking of ways that they're going to figure out what their purpose is for this season to go through it. And, you know, not only is it's their job, obviously they, they, they want to win. You'd rather win than lose. You don't, you know, it's in their, their DNA to play in, into the postseason. but to figure out what that is in, in January is interesting. And I always go back to, uh, why Michael Jordan retired the first time, right? Like he, he had won three championships in a row. He was probably super exhausted. Uh, and then he had the baseball thing cause it was a challenge. Now, you know, you'll have your, uh, your conspiracy theorists say that it was because, uh, he had gambling debts and, and David Stern suspended him and all, and all this and that, but his pops had also passed away. So, you know, you have to have reasons and, and, and purpose to do things. And I, I hope that the warriors find it and hell use the Grizzlies for, for that use just, just. Put Dylan Brooks's mug uh, on the wall or something, you know. And you know what's funny about Dylan Brooks? If Dylan Brooks was on the Warriors, he'd be Draymond's favorite player. <laughs> yeah, by far too. Yeah. So I don't by know. Far. I was just I was thinking about that watching the game, just going like, man, it must be tough to to really find it, what it is that's going to make you want to grind as hard as they're going to need to grind from here until the playoffs to get there again. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm trying to like think of it in like regular people's lives and, you know, just like your job where you go up and the supervisor manager and how do we going, get like, to what, how do you compare YouTube that subscriptions? How do you compare that? Like they, I don't even know how to compare it because they got, they did whatever, you know, the final task of the job is and they did it they've done it four times like they've become the ceo or whatever the hell it is and then they have to like go a full season and try to prove to be the ceo again like yeah i don't know what the i don't compare it but it just yeah it feels like once you're in their position it does seem like you know how do you how do you build up the energy and the want to go and do it all over again yeah yeah totally Okay, uh, last thing before we look at this upcoming week um, is this article that was written by, uh, I think it was Anthony Slater, Marcus Thompson, and, uh, and, and, and Sam Amick um, about uh, Bob Myers and just the idea that, you know, Big Bob, as I like to call him, uh, he may not be with the Warriors again or, you know, after this season. And I thought it was an interesting piece because now when you read pieces like this, they're kind of like, are they telling us the full thing? Right. Cause that, that was what I kept coming back to is I feel like they know more about this than they are letting on. Like, why did they write this piece? Was it just because, um, of this huddled uh, open view locker room thing where Bob Myers wasn't there and Joe Lacob um, uh, or, or actually this, this huddle with Lacob and Myers and Kirk Lacob and Kent Lacob and Mike Dunleavy and Sean Livingston after they lost to the, to the Phoenix team who, uh, who didn't even play any of their guys. And, and it was just like this, this, this moment of, of coming together. But, I'm glad they treated I mean, I'm glad they treated that loss like we did as fans. Like what the hell wake up call. But like did you did you take anything away from this? Did it feel to you like oh yep, Myers is gone or did it feel like maybe Myers may have wanted this out there just to to let to you scare Lacob or just to say hey, you know, I'm a I'm a big part of this thing right i'm sort of irreplaceable and and i need to be i need to be paid like that um uh, because he it seems to me like he's a relationship guy and he's the guy that kind of ties you know a lot of things together I, i'm assuming kerr is is also part of that right it's like you know there's a lot of these you know these these giant superstars and your owner has also got this giant ego and all of the above, and, and who ties it together? Well, Myers ties it together, Kerr ties it together. And uh, may, maybe, you know, maybe he wants this out here to say, hey, here's how valuable I am as well. But I just thought it was so interesting because I didn't get, I didn't come to any conclusions based off of this piece, other than the fact that what we knew, because I forget when that was reported, I think it was that first Saturday game 
where somebody said that, you know, well, by the way, guys, Myers is a free agent. Um, and, you know, he it seems like he wants more money. And, and Laka believes that he's paid him, you know, in, in the top three. But then it said, really, he's more like in the top five. So I don't know where any of this is coming from. But I do know that, you know, if Myers does go, it's probably a bigger punch to the gut than, than some would even realize. Because one of the things about it is if Myers leaves, then the Lakers start to uh, even out, you know, they, they, they actually become a bigger percentage of this think tank than they are today, which is it looks like is about 50 50 if if it's uh you know if if it's Myers and 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 Livingston and Dunleavy and then the three Lakeups, you're like, okay, at least we have uh you know we have a half and half here. But if no Myers, then that think tank uh, might become a little bit more too Lakeup heavy for us. Yeah, I feel like this piece, yeah, I'm with you, didn't really make me draw any conclusions on if Bob is out or Bob is in, but I feel like it did kind of say stuff that we already knew, but maybe wasn't confirmed on paper where it feels like, you know, those young guys are Lakeup's projects is what it seems. They said he's becoming more and more involved in the draft. And we've always joked that like Kaminga and, and uh, Wiseman were Lakeup guys and, and Moody. And I don't know who else was like a more of a pro ready guy. We're supposed to be Myers guys, but yeah, yeah, it feels like that is more confirming that idea. And as a fan, like I'm, I'm ecstatic, right? That like my owner's involved and the owner of the team's involved and shelling out so much money for the team. But at the same time, there is something of too much involvement. Yeah. Where, you know, you're not, you're not the general manager, you know, like you, like Lika probably knows way more than me about roster construction. And I'm happy for that. Cause I, I'm sure I probably know more than some owners out there who are just probably there just to get a check because sports business and sports investments is like the greatest, like, investment you can make right now because it just it keeps on appreciating but there, there's so very few opportunities yeah yeah i mean look at the a's owner like the guy does nothing and he's just probably making money that's yeah, crazy he, yeah that's I mean, crazy does nothing the wait, 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 wait but uh i was just gonna say that like yeah it, it should be a little worrisome about the lake up thing with yeah you're right they're gonna be more involved if myers is gone and they probably think they could do it which Maybe they can, but I'd probably say they can't. Like, if I, I would be worried about Myers going to the Clippers, which I think is what they mentioned there. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I think Steve Ballmer is like the ideal owner. Have as much money as you want, and I am just going to hands off. And he, if Myers gets that ability, like, that would be pretty cool for him. But damn, like, that'd be scary. <laughs> you know, the other the thing that, um, is, is Jerry West still with the Clippers? I think, yeah, I believe so. And so, so that's a nice little, you know, Myers and Jerry West worked nicely together, right? They They, they were able to coexist together. So, so yeah, very, very interesting. Um, I thought it was, I I just, I just, this is one of those things where you wish you could like interview the interviewers. Like, I want to ask Slater some questions, man. Like the timing of this, like what, like, Mm -hmm. it just seemed like there was, Something more that they weren't willing to to write. Maybe we'll, well see. Well, didn't part two. didn't ESPN and Woj just do this with Myers too? Like right well, before yeah, the it was, Celtics it was, game, it was right after that Celtics game. Broadcast. Yeah, <laughs> or the ABC broadcast. Yeah, let's bring more eyes to this. Let's make it more drama filled because that's all basketball is these days. Just the entertainment and the and the drama, not the sport. So the Athletic just did their own version of it. Uh, all right, let's look at uh, the Warriors schedule for this week. Um, Upcoming schedule, you already mentioned the game against uh, Toronto. Toronto, which is on a Friday. So then we got OKC. late Thursday. Yeah, then we got OKC. The, the thing about this, this upcoming schedule is that the Warriors are playing a lot of teams who are sort of around where Shmay. they are in, yeah. in, in, in the playoff chase. Um, so on video, we'll put the schedule here. The... Where is it? Didn't I just have it? There we go. Uh, okay, so they play Toronto on Friday. They're they're doing better than Toronto, but Toronto is not in their in their conference. I think uh, Toronto just smacked the Kings though. Like last oh, did game, they? like yesterday. I'm I'm gonna look at the score. 
Uh, they they go to Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City is playing some pretty good basketball of late. We already talked about uh, SGA, uh, how good of a season he's having, and he's going to definitely make the All Star team. Then you go to Minnesota. Ooh. And are they are we going? Or are they coming? We're going to Minnesota. Oh, what the hell! And so that is an interesting game because they're right around the same. You know, they're they're right in that same area of uh of um playoff playoff standings and you know the the warriors are sitting at i have it up here the warriors are sitting 24 and 24 and the timberwolves are 25 and 25 so to beat a team who has a similar record as you 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 know it's it's almost like two wins in a sense because you're bumping them down one and you're raising yourself one and so that's a big game and then you know you play uh, Denver, you know, that's going to be a tough game no matter what, but then you play again, you, you, you play against Dallas and, and Dallas is, is in a similar, uh, a similar place as you are. And they're a team that you kind of have to beat if you want to get to that top six Dallas 25 and 24, a uh, half a game ahead of the Warriors. Again, you beat someone like Dallas. It's almost like getting, it's almost like two wins for where you are. They need to get to that five six spot so they don't have to worry about this uh, th- this play in, and it's just a, such a muddled area. And I, I skipped the uh, the the Denver game just to kind of make that point. But I mean, Denver thirty four and fifteen, they're the second best team in all of basketball right now. Uh, Twenty two and four at home. Warriors gave them a run for their money in the beginning of the season. I, I know it's 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 almost like I feel like it's a um, because of the back to back. I'm guessing that they that they really want to win that Minnesota game because of what True. I was saying. Yeah, and then you get the back to back against Denver, so that seems like an L. But who knows? Maybe that's a game that they could get up for. Maybe that's you know maybe that's a testament game. Like okay, let's. Is that a way up. too? It's a way yes, too. Way. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Dallas game. Dallas game at home. Then you come back. OKC. Um, so this next stretch of Toronto, OKC, Minnesota, Denver, Dallas. These next five games. Super important. Super important. They need to win like three or four of these games. They they want to know what the most annoying thing is, though, is that every time we have a podcast, we look at the schedule of the next five and we're like, these are essential. These are important. And they always underperform. (laughs) And it's because like, I'm not saying why they underperform, but it's like we keep having these conversations because the West is just not getting away from them. I wonder if the West started getting away from them, that would provide more urgency. For them to be like, okay, yeah, wait, we actually I, need to go win these games. I'm just kind of thankful that they're not pulling away. Yeah, because I think if you look at it's like the three seed to the 12 seeds all within like four games, which is pretty unheard of. So, yeah, they have a shot every time they lose two to a Phoenix without DeAndre in and Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And then they win one. It's like they're just back in the sixth seed. It's like, how does this happen? They should be like in the 14th seed. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's. I think it's kind of annoying how we. Yeah, I'm sure next week we'll say the same thing. Hopefully they don't underperform, but I'm sure we'll be like, yeah, these are essential. We need to get to the so and so seed. But yeah, the weird thing is, is um, I was just super high on Minnesota to start this season as a regular season team, but I was listening to Krasinski's podcast and he was like, he was like, damn, yeah, like uh, the the at the end of the season, the Timberwolves are gonna wish they had that Charlotte game. They're gonna wish they had that Pistons game. They're gonna wish they had that Magic game. And then yeah. he was like, I don't know any other team that's, you know, lost been lost those type of games. And I was thinking, and I was like, just right now. And I was like, <laughs> wait, the Warriors have two. Yeah, like, absolutely. you know, like those are two teams with not necessarily contender aspirations. The Warriors, yes, the Timberwolves. Yes, in their own minds, but to everyone else, probably not. I mean, they just want to get to that second round. They want to get to that second yeah. round and do better than they did last season. But teams with playoff aspirations, maybe a deeper run aspiration, losing to those worst teams in the league is like the Warriors are just missing like Houston to check off the I lost to Houston for the worst teams in the league, losing mm-hmm. to all of them. Yeah. Uh, good old Timberwolves did lose to Houston, though. All right. Uh, I think we're. I think we covered a lot. Uh, yeah. In a good amount of time too. Uh, what? So what's going on with uh, the BAM this week? Um, I was producing the football podcast yesterday, and I was just checking in on the guys, seeing how they're doing, and and my my, my buddy Eric, who runs the football pod, is like, "Dude, uh-huh. you're staying on. I'm starting it right now. You're staying on." And so I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" And he like introduced me, so I felt like I had to say some stuff. I'm such a casual football fan too, so. 
yeah, I was on the football pod last night. They're they're good. Sean and Eric, they're you know high school players, so I feel like they've just been keeping up with the sport and know mm-hmm. the sport in and out. So they're 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 good at that stuff. Uh, and yeah, basketball Sunday, same old. All right, uh, how's Obi doing? Does it, we we're gonna get Obi back? I know we gotta show? get Obi back on. Do they play the Heat anytime? No, they already did their two games against the Heat. They're yeah. done, huh? Yeah, tough. Well, we'll, we'll yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe if there's like some all-star thing. He needs to come to the, your little all-star party. Yeah, he needs to come to the all-star party on, uh, on the all-star game Sunday. Uh, okay, so we're done here. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll sort of look, take a look at the schedule, see what the right time to come back is. But like I said, Rod and I will be back after 49ers and Eagles. And so, uh, you know, this 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 feed, this network is uh, is hopping. We got a lot of stuff going on even the even the baseball season even though it's done you know we have the wbc coming up the world baseball classic and i know brad and i are pretty pumped about that so we'll have we'll have some wbc talk even though the giants you know not not any games not much news but we're making do so fan fest fan fest is coming up as well are you gonna go and try and find uh, the owner (laughs) i want to go it's like right here and it's free like i feel like i'd be dumb not to go i've been, been like three or four times is it fun I mean, it's fun, but it's not like you, you sit, you know, if you want to go hear the, is it like a glorified pep rally? <laughs> yeah. The, you know, that they like Brian Murphy, I'm sure from KBR will interview the players. And I'd be know, more interested in trying to like strike up a conversation with bags. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know if bags will be there. Pavlovich will probably be there. I've, I've seen uh, Pavlovich there a couple of times. I've, I've said what's up to him. Um, but yeah. All right. We'll be back next week. So for Bry. I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.